Welcome everyone to Dr. John Bedker's Leadership Podcast, the podcast focused on leadership. The episode will begin shortly. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Dr. John Bedker Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, John Bedker. Well, today is going to be kind of fun. Kind of looking forward to this. We're going to kind of take a walk around, a walk across the waterfront, if you will. We're going to look at leadership. We're going to look at leadership today in its current form, and we're going to look at it through some of these central um, components in all of our lives. And we'll touch on all kinds of things. It's not meant to be the only things or necessarily even the most important things, but they're things where leadership has had an impact. We can vision it. We can see it. And so let's talk about how we're doing, okay? It's kind of that current look at how are we doing on leadership across the board. And that's what this is about today, leadership across the board. All right, so what what kinds of areas are we going to look at? Let's start by just talking about the topics, then we'll get right into them. Well, we're going to cover those broad things. We're talking about um, socially. How are we doing it with leadership? Politically, also really important. Economically, militarily. We're going to talk about labor. And we're also going to talk about sports. In fact, let's begin with sports. Seems like a fun topic. I'll say an easy topic. But holy cow, has it been an interesting time of late in sports in so many ways. So we start here, but let's set that context, the framework for why this podcast exists in the first place and why you are tuning in to listen. Because leadership is critical. Leadership is important, perhaps now more than any time in our lives, in so many ways, in so many places. And we're going to talk about that boardwalk, a bunch of places today, but Leadership is perhaps more critical today than at any time in our lives. So I said I was going to start with sports. Let's do that and talk about what can be critical there. Well, let me tell you. Yesterday, Rory McIlroy, one of the greatest golfers of our time, number two in the world, he resigned from the board of the PGA. Okay, so what's that story? What's the leadership story there? Well, many of you may know I've done a full podcast on the Saudi uh, Public Investment Fund, PIF, and their takeover of golf. And uh, certainly, uh, those of you that have heard it, thank you. Those of you that haven't, I encourage you to listen fully and completely to that podcast, which will give a much bigger story that I'm going to share here. But one of the central figures in this was Rory McIlroy. He's a person who's not fond of the Saudi investment of what's known as live golf, L-I-V golf. Several prominent and key and important players from the PGA Tour, that's the main golf tour in the United States, defected 
if you will. They went over to live golf. Why? Well, in all candor, money. Um, what the Saudi group, what the PIF was doing was waving a whole bunch of money to get people to come over to their side. Well, there's been lots of discussion about why, what that motivator was. What they're really perhaps trying to do is a PR move, a public relations move, to make themselves look better in the eyes of the public by making these investments. I'm going to talk about golf, but other sports as well. And so what they're doing is called sports washing. That's the term. Um, so they invest this money. They, they, they just paid these people that defected from the PGA a whole bunch of money. But what were they really trying to do? Well, we, we, we know that a journalist who's named Khashoggi was literally cut into pieces. This is terrible, ugly, just uncomfortable to even discuss. Um, but the crown prince, it has been stated in several public sources, um, was behind this. Uh, the human rights, the civil rights in Saudi Arabia are quite skewed. They're certainly not open as a society. They are not welcoming as a society. So what they are trying to do is, in a sense, paint this little metaphor, trying to put lipstick on a pig. That is what it's all about. So what happened yesterday? Rory said, I can't do this anymore. I can't be a part of this because it doesn't represent me, my values, my principles, my beliefs. And so he resigned. Now, several other players are still there on the board. Um, the head of AT&T resigned as well some time back. Same idea. What we need to focus on in the leadership point here is principled, centered leadership. Okay? Think about that. Read about that. I encourage you. Lots of literature uh, about principled, centered leadership. To be that effective leader, you must have those just foundational principles. Those things that are rock solid that you say, I cannot do that. So can you support a government and their money who has taken the lives of others, who restricts lives of others, who supports terrorism, is anti-human rights, civil rights, um, things that are not good, folks. Um, and can we just say, let's put some lipstick on that pig and it'll look okay. It'll be okay. Well, Roy McElroy said no. No, I'm going to go back, focus on my family, focus on my golf. It is what it is. I realize that I cannot change the world. Money is an absolute compelling interest to many people. But Roy was not going to be a part of it as part of the board of the Professional Golf Association, the PGA Tour. And so he resigned. So... We're starting off here actually with this great leadership moment, a person with principled 
in principled-centered leadership. I offer that to you. Sports has played a role currently, presently, in our leadership understanding. Well, the PGA Tour is a labor organization, right? They're the Professional Golf Association. They're a group of people. They pay dues. They belong. They're members. They're part of labor. Now, we don't always think that. We think labor oftentimes is blue-collar workers. But there is a large population of elite, highly paid workers as well. But let's talk about that blue-collar group. Let's move on to the next topic, labor. It's really known as the summer of labor this year, and there's some important leadership reasons for that. Workers having a voice. Oftentimes, the workers, the large population of people in an enterprise, have little or no voice, but that is changing. There has been a resurgence in labor and labor having a voice. Many, many strikes, many, many discussions, and many successes for labor. The argument certainly would be each and every one of those members standing up for themselves, but their leadership guiding each of those ships. Let's talk about just one, uh, one that uh, most of you are familiar and has recently concluded favorably. We're going to talk about the United Auto Workers. Again, labor is another topic I've dedicated an entire podcast to, uh, actually several. And so what you want to do uh, is to get that really full story is go back and listen to those, of course. But, but here's the cameo presently in that context of labor. The head of the United Auto Workers, Sean Fain. Now, this person is an exemplary leader. I'm going to talk about it. He only took over in March of 2023. Pretty new, right? Pretty recent. He's an electrician. He worked at Stellantis in Kokomo, Indiana. But he's been a United Auto Worker member for 29 years. So held leadership roles there. This was the first time for the United Auto Workers to elect their president directly by the union members. And the union members voted for Sean Fain. What was he focused on? Opposing corruption. Yeah. Opposing concessions. And the tiered pay structure. Now in the podcast I spoke about earlier, I go into great lengths to talk about these multi-tiered pay structures. It's basically the same person making a different wage than the person next to them doing the exact same piece of work, kind of work. Okay, so he's against that, what we call B-scale. Wants everyone to be treated similarly and to be treated fairly, to eliminate the corruption and to do away with concessions. He's known as a, a bit of a labor militant. You know what? If This is a good leadership message. Stand strongly, strand, stand firmly, again, for your principles and your beliefs, 
but to represent those you serve. Okay, um, so he was this new president. He led the United Auto Workers to take the strike vote and to go on strike. Well, here's a, here, here's a, a, just one quick uh, thing that I would like to mention about who he was and who he is uh, as a leader, right? There was a live stream. It was done in August uh, of 2023 where he's, he's seen throwing uh, an, an offer from one of the big three automakers, Stellantis. He threw this offer that he had been given into a trash can and said on the live stream, that's where it belongs, in the trash, because that's what it is. So this is a person standing up for his members, leading them, guiding them, and doing it successfully. They wound up, all three United Auto Workers, agreeing to wage increases, to benefit increases, and for more economic justice for the workers in the auto industry. Okay, so there's labor, summer of labor, labor having a, a voice and an exemplary leader in the case of the auto workers. And again, there's many more stories uh, in other industries and other businesses, but labor really making good gains. Okay. Let's go on to that social world. We all live in a social world. Let's talk about that real quick. Well, what do we know? We know that there have been several elections in the last several months, uh, statewide uh, elect elections in, in particular. And one of the items that continually raised its head was the idea of women's rights, and in particular, women's reproductive rights. Well, members of Congress are in Congress to represent those that elected them. What do we know about women's reproductive rights? This is the leadership moment, I think, socially this past summer. We know overwhelmingly, it's not close, overwhelmingly that people in states all across our land, nationwide, believe that women should have rights to determine their health care and that a member of Congress should not be telling the doctor and their patient what they can and cannot do and when they can and cannot do it. It's just really and truly that simple. We should have the healthcare professional, the physician, the nurse, and the patient, the mother, the woman, in consultation, making decisions medically in the best interest of the patient. And that belief has been held and shown in a number of elections this past summer. Unfortunately, there still is this large contingent in Congress our supposed leaders who have failed miserably on this. And so this sadly is a negative story. The story of social leadership failure, particularly regarding reproductive rights, 
pretty simple. If you're a person who says, under no circumstance and no condition do I ever, ever, ever want to have an abortion, to have a, a pregnancy terminated, then that is your choice. But you do not have the right to tell others that that must be their choice. No, reproductive rights are just that, rights for individuals. And for the members of Congress, this is a failed leadership story. Remember that it is the people's house, the people that elected you, that said overwhelmingly, we want women to have reproductive rights. We do not want Congress legislating those rights. We do not want you in the doctor's office. We want you to lead and do the people's work. Okay. Socially. Let's talk about the economy. Always important. It's a big one. Well, unemployment still historically very, very low. Inflation is coming down. The United States economy is stronger than any other economy in the world. But yet we have negative feelings about our current president, President Biden. Well, let's be clear. Economically, the president of the United States doesn't control the price of gas at the pump. Does not, right? Exxon Mobil does that. Chevron does that. Whoever, whatever the company is where you buy your gas, they set the price. But we want to cast blame on the leader because they aren't controlling that which they have no control over. Uh, so the economy's doing really good. We're really doing strong in the world. We have a little misplaced fault finding of a political leader in this case. But what we have to do is we have to look particularly, I think, right now at China, whose economy is in an awful lot of trouble. Unemployment, particularly youth unemployment. And what are we seeing? We're seeing that this choice between democracy and autocracy is presenting itself. Which form of leadership is most compelling? And certainly at the moment, we're seeing our economy and other democratic democracy economies doing better and better and better. And autocracies led by dictators, not leaders, doing not nearly as well. Okay, let's go to that area of politics. I think it's important. You need to do that. There are critical leadership things going on here. I'm going to start with Taiwan. You know, we often forget about the one that's not on that front page every day. But it's hugely important. The Pacific, this expansive area in Taiwan, this critically important area located just off the coast of mainland China. Well, they are currently getting ready for an election, just as we are here in the United States. But their right-wing coalition is trying to do just that, group themselves together to build a coalition siding with those people that are more inclined 
to the ideas and the policies of mainland China. Well, this would be an affront to democracy. This would be a step toward autocracy, a very, very poor leadership decision. And so I don't want us to lose sight of how important this is. It's going to play a huge role. Again, I've done an entire speech uh, on uh, Taiwan and the Indo-Pacific, um, and it's available on YouTube and other places. But the point is the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corporation, TSMC, which makes 93% of the world's high-speed chips, is located in Taiwan. So it's not something to skip over, to not think about. The leadership component here is huge about the decisions that are made, the courses that we are going to follow. We need to make sure that the democratic processes continue and exist and are supported by our Congress. Similarly, in Ukraine, the president there, President Zelensky, is getting rid of these pro-Russian people that have risen in his government previously, are still present, are still around. He's getting rid of them. People that were pro-Trump, meaning siding with Russia, uh, as Trump has done historically, are also being gotten rid of. So, there we see a really great case. And again, I've talked about Zelensky on an earlier podcast as well. But oh my goodness, what an incredible leadership moment to clean house at a time when you're at war. Wow, what a leadership challenge. And he has done this timely and incredibly effectively. Well, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the um, incredibly tragic events in Israel and in Gaza. Well, in Gaza, Hamas crossed the border, killed some 1,400 people. Terrible, 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 unacceptable. There's just no debate or discussion about that. An incredibly poor leadership decision. Well, what was the response? As one might think, and it might be seemingly appropriate, Israel responded with overwhelming force. The number of deaths that Israel has now inflicted upon the Palestinian people is something on the order of 10 to 1. 10 times as many people have been killed by Israel now. Well, when we talk about this idea, I think it's a terrible idea, but an idea uh, of proportionate response. Well, is 10 to 1 proportionate? No. No, it's not. Um, death on any scale is bad. It's not good. Leaders have to think about this. They have to stress diplomacy rather than death by war. So this death rate is quite unequal. Israel's killed many, many more people than Hamas. But what's important is Hamas is putting these civilians, women, children, the aged, 
And Israel is saying they will die if they remain in northern Gaza. Well, there's some real leadership moments here. They're very deep and involved, but I just want to say they're all failing. What Hamas did is just absolutely reprehensible. Israel has every right to defend its nation, its country, and to respond. Responding 10 to 1, now that's starting to stretch it. Killing innocents, Palestinians, because it accomplishes a greater objective of killing Hamas, again, there's a time to sit down and talk about leadership judgment and leadership decision-making. So the last one I'll mention, keeping our government open. Well, we managed to do that hopefully this week. Um, and how did we do it? The new Speaker of the House, Republican, Mike Johnson, did it by getting the Democrats to help by a bipartisan way. Well, this is the reason that Mike McCarthy, the previous speaker, got fired, working with Democrats, supposedly abhorrent. Well, no, it's not. It is part and parcel of how government works and functions. It is how leaders work and function. And this is really an example of a path forward, but we'll see. The Congress of the United States has truly, truly been a weak link in the leadership story this past year. Talk about military leadership and Congress, kind of in closing here. We have the case of the Senator Tommy Tuberville, who was refusing to allow senior officers to be promoted to fill key and important leadership positions because he was anti-abortion. Well, again, I've touched on this abortion issue. It's, it's a human rights issue. It's a reproductive rights issue. It's a, it's a women's rights issue. I don't know how Tommy Tuberville thinks that he needs to shut down promotions in the military because of it. It is an absolute leadership Failure. But now, hopefully, supposedly, we're going to do a workaround around Senator Tuberville. So, leadership could not be more important. It's key and critical across the boardwalk of our lives. It's central to almost everything that we do. I've spoken about the social context, political, economic, military, labor, even sports. It has its place in every walk of our life. Let's not forget that. Let's take stock in that. Let's reflect on that. Leadership is important. It is critical. It requires us to speak out, to speak up, to engage. And as I say over and over again, Leadership ultimately is about doing the right thing. Whatever that venue, whatever that context, we must endeavor to do the right thing.
All right. Thank you, everyone. Really fun, fun to take that walk down the boardwalk, look at these different axes of our lives, and look at it in a leadership context. Take care. We'll talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. John Bedker's Leadership Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tell your friends and, of course, please follow our podcast and subscribe. Thank you again for tuning in.